Garrett Wynn Davies is a Welsh Canadian actor who has starred in numerous plays, movies, and television shows since his debut in 1977. We met Mr. Davies in September of 2023 and completely lost our minds. After we came to, we had one goal in mind watch everything he has ever been in so that next time we're ready. How has this man made a career out of making out on screen? Will this be enough to help us make it through the next meeting still conscious? This isn't a podcast. It's an inoculation. That was the worst part is it was just depressing. Yeah. But it's like it's the 70s. I feel like that's it's like it's like when I when I watched um, the Planet of the Apes movies, like yeah. I got I got a DVD set for like ten dollars at Walmart. And I was I like had been aware of them and it was so cheap that I was like, well, let me it's like it's like enough part of the culture that I was like, well, it's this cheap and it's like a big thing. Like, let me just get it and I'll watch yeah. it. And it's maybe it's what, like five movies, six movies. And I got through the first two movies and I was like, oh, I didn't I wasn't aware that in the 70s you could just have a movie that was that started off miserable and just stayed and, miserable. and did depressing and didn't like no one grows, no one changes, no one gets what's coming to them. Everyone gets what's coming to them, which is we all deserve to die because we all suck. The end. The end. And I was just so like this feels familiar to me in that I think it's I think this is I mean, this is later than the Planet of the Apes movies. They're what, like the late sixties and this is the late seventies. I feel like this yeah, a lot of these Yeah, this is the late seventies. But also like Soylent Green ends horribly. And Last Man on Earth or Omega Man ends the same, just like we don't need a redemption arc. Yeah. It can end like shit. What it's almost like if there is a plot, it's secondary to like world building and they just want you to know that the world is terrible. Yeah. And like maybe a plot also happens with the terrible world. But the main point is that everything sucks and it's your fault, America. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your popcorn. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Basically. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Meg. And this is Gare Can Get It. This week, the post-apocalyptic 70s? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> if they gave awards for makeouts on screen or stage, this guy would get a lifetime achievement. He'll find any excuse to get right to second face. You honestly wouldn't believe it. Dissecting each and every kiss with tongue. There's only one conclusion to come to. It's that can get it. Starring Gary Davies. Oh, that's, that bums me out. Can I just <laughs> can I just say? So it's we're watching Deadly Harvest from 1977. You know his agent was like, "Look, no, you have to." Well, that's that's why it bums me out because I'm like, if if today he was like, "No, I just just call me Gary," then I'd be like, "Okay, that's just the version of your nickname that you want." Yeah. But no, he's Gare. So like at some point, clearly, either someone was like, "I can't pronounce this name," and he's like, "Do you just want to call me Gary?" Or, like, Funny they that. just looked at it and went, we're going to call you Gary. Yeah. Like, he either had to give it up or someone told him to give it up, and they, they just called him Gary. And it, it makes me sad. Like, and that's your Gary, name. Gary, like G-A-R-Y, not Jerry. You think it'd be, like, G-E-R-R-Y? Yeah, like but, a- but, like, if they couldn't handle Garant, like, I feel like Jerry or, like, Jerry spelled with a G would fuck them up even worse. Yeah. So, like, I kind of get, and, like, if your nickname is Gare, you just add a little Y to it, and, like, now you're Gary. It's like, like Jeff. The G E O. Oh, the G E O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. That Gary Davies. This is his first ever movie, at least according to IMDb. And uh, I don't even know where to start. This <laughs> this was so so we were just we were before the podcast started, we were just talking about um how I feel like we don't have movies of this type anymore. It was a thing that I feel like you saw more in the sixties and seventies where um the plot was really secondary to just just world building and showing you a world that sucked and wasn't gonna get any better and it was yeah. all your fucking fault, America. Like like it felt like it reminded me of what of trying to watch I haven't been able to get through all the Planet of the Apes movies. I got through the first two. And that was as much as I could stomach because it was just like, why am I torturing myself while I fold my laundry watching these movies that are just like, I know it's not torture porn, but like watching it felt like torture porn. Yeah. Like just misery after misery after misery. And I was like, I thought this was a fun movie with like guys in ape masks. No, oh, no. <laughs> no, those movies are so fucking miserable. That's what this feels like. So the basic premise of this movie um, is that it's the 70s. It's the late 70s. Um, what, like, every country on Earth has basically so mismanaged everything that climate change has now gotten totally out of control. Um, and so mm. now there's problems with, yeah, right, I know, this <laughs> fictional movie, very fictional. I Try and try and put yourself in this crazy world where, like, that might be what's going on. Yeah. I know that'll take you a minute to, like, get mm-hmm. into it. Okay, I'm, I'm working on it. To um, suspend your disbelief, yeah. So uh, climate change has gotten so out of control that, uh, like they're not, no one's able to grow crops. And I think they mentioned that all the waterways are poisoned. So it's not even like you could like be eating seaweed and fish, like uh, the fish is inedible and nothing is growing in the water even. So like every, like any source of food that could exist, um, is, is rapidly dying out or they can't, or like the soil is bad and poisoned and they can't grow. Um, and they talk briefly about like, what about hydroponics? But there's like an energy crisis cause it's the seventies. Um, so they're like, we don't, we don't even have enough electricity that we could run the like indoor hydroponics setup to get the plants that we'd still have to wait however long it would take to grow the plant from the sea. Like it's any way that we could grow food is just not going to happen. And so the beginning of the movie starts with a bunch of like government officials and you first just see their hands and like their shoulders, (laughs) like it's very menacing. It's like, it's like, um, the bad guy from, oh, what's that cartoon? Um, Inspector Gadget. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, do 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 do. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I remember the theme song. The claw. The claw. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. It, that's what it felt like to me. Just like menacing, faceless individuals who are out to get Inspector Gadget. Who are like, we've done the math. We figured this out. Um, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die in thirty days. There's no. There will not be any more food for anybody. And it's not like, it's not super clear to me. Um, whether it's just for the country that we're in. So it's it's in Canada. Like it's clearly filmed in in Toronto. And maybe like there's like some of the farmland parts. I was like, is that Saskatchewan? But like it's so it's clearly in Canada. Um, they don't say, but like they drive by an A and W, like they're in downtown Toronto. You see the CN Tower at one yeah. point. It's it's Canada, but they don't like the government officials don't like announce anything. But so it's unclear to me whether it's everyone in Canada will die in 30 days, or if it's like we for the entire amount of food in the entire world, the entire world is going to die in 30 days. But it's just it's like 30 days is our time frame. Um, so we start with them kind of at that like global, I don't know, national. I don't. Know. We start at like the big macro level, and then we go down and we see this family, and I don't remember what their last name is. Isn't that terrible? Like they keep talking about it the entire time. I just call them the farmers because they're a family of farmers. Um, <laughs> they are the. Um... <laughs> isn't that terrible? Like they say their last name every single line of this fucking movie. The characters don't matter. That's why I they know, don't matter. Yeah, I know Wilcox is the bad guy. Yeah, Wilcox is the bad guy. Yeah, I don't remember the name of. And I- they are the. 
that's terrible. It's on the side of their truck because everybody's yeah. truck is labeled with their farm name. Franklin, the Franklin family. The Franklins, thank you. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's not that far off from the farmers, let's be honest. So um, we meet the Franklin family. The dad reminds me of, like, Charles Bronson. <laughs> He's, like, this giant, <laughs> this giant monster-sized man. He's, like, nine feet tall and eight feet wide with the, like, Charles Bronson, like, side-swept haircut and the giant mustache. He looks like he could pull trees out of the ground with yeah, his Yeah, he really hands. does. He's he the biggest really man I've ever does. seen. He's, he he should be the bad guy in this, but instead he's like just based on his physicality. He's like the gentle giant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so he's he's dad, the farmer, and I don't remember what his name is either, but he's just the dad. And then um, he he has his wife, who I think is named Linda, because I feel like every wife in the seventies was named Linda. And then they have their kids, one of whom is like a twenty year old Kim Cattrall, which blows my mind, mainly because like I don't know a way to say this. She so like I feel like. I, I know Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City. So, like, in my head, like, that's my mental – like, I close my eyes. That's my Kim Cattrall. And I know that she was a Vulcan in Star Trek. So, like, I remember her – like, I remember her from that a little bit. But, like, mainly, like, she's a Sex and the City person. So mm-hmm. she's in her, what, 40s, 50s? Like, when she's, she's doing She's also Sex in a movie with Rudker Hauer called Split Second, which – if you haven't watched, maybe go check it out. It's like the most 90s of Rudger Hauer sci-fi movies. He only eats chocolate and drinks coffee, and he calls it his anxiety diet. Okay, now I want to see it. All right, and she has the same haircut that she has for Star Trek because she was filming Star Trek while she was in it, and she was like, I'm not I'm not changing my hair. And they Wait, were that like, was her real hair? It's fine. Yeah, it was her real hair. Don't they give her that like Vulcan like bang yeah. treatment? Yeah. Oh. And it's like side shaved. God damn. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go I've ahead. gotten Vulcan I've gotten like the Vulcan haircut on accident when I was like, hey, can I get bangs? And the hairdresser was like, I fucking hate you. And like that is a hard <laughs> that is a hard haircut to like to live with. Yeah. Oh my God. Now I feel bad for her. And I'm gonna feel worse for her in a second because like so like my mental image of her is like her in her forties in Sex in the City. And so she's like an like not she's not an old woman in your forties, obviously, but she's like older yeah and she has kind of like she's like she's not fat obviously she's kim cattrall but she's like she has like a bigger build yeah and it makes sense More mature yeah but i mean no, i mean like just like physically like she's like a larger like she's, she's very she's very tall and she's yeah. like solid like she's not fat I, i'm not saying she's fat i'm just saying that she's like bigger and solid and in sex in the city her head and her body are like proportionate to each other but in this when she's in her 20s and also she's playing like a farmer's daughter who's starving to death she has like she has from the neck down, she's farmer's daughter who's starving to death. She's very, yeah. very, very skinny. But she but because she's built bigger, she still has like her giant head. So like the f- first time she comes on scene, I was just like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like it was just it was and they give her and like first I didn't know that Kim Huchar is naturally a brunette, because I feel like I've only ever seen her like with blonde hair. And I you can always tell based on someone's eyebrows, but like I never put that together either for some reason. Like I just I just was like, no, she's just a blonde and her eyebrows are a little bit darker. But this yeah. this appears to be like her natural hair color. And it's like some people, their natural hair color like does not look good on them. They look better like dyeing their hair blonde or red or whatever. Like it just they, that's what they look better as. So like, I don't know. It was just like very jarring. Like if you if I showed this to you and was like, pick up Kim Cattrall, I feel like you would have a hard time being like, oh, yeah, that's Kim Cattrall. It's just she looks very, very different. And she doesn't get a lot to do in this. She's just like the daughter of the farmer 
And she gets um, engaged to a guy at one point, and then the guy dies, and then she just spends the rest of the movie shell-shocked until she learns how to scream, which we'll get there, but it's like... <laughs> Way fucking down what? the line. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So anyway, so we've got, um, we've got um, giant Charles Bronson dad. We've got tiny 1970s hair, like Farrah Fawcett hair mom. Um, and then we've got the kids, and we've got little <laughs> little Bobby, who you kept swearing at the entire time. <laughs> to fucking let. Bobby is like maybe like what twelve? Maybe like maybe she's like a little 10 girl. Or 12, ten or twelve. Yeah. yeah. So she's a little girl. Um, it's the seventies, so everyone's hair is exactly the same, which which I love. So there's Bobby, who's twelve. Um, she's got the unisex haircut of all children in the seventies. Um, she's little farmer's daughter, and then there's bigger sister Kim Cattrall, and I don't remember what her what her character's name is. Even do you? Like it's Susie like Susie or something. Yeah, whatever. Susie yeah, or something. It doesn't matter. We'll just call her Susie or something. <laughs> the characters don't. <laughs> they matter. don't matter. They don't matter. Which is why it's so hard to watch this movie because it really feels like the movie is going. It's it's like trying to have it both ways. It's like here's this world and the world is terrible and I want you to care about this terrible world because I'm showing you the effects of this terrible world on one family. Like I we're gonna we're gonna take the terrible dance and we're gonna shrink it down to the micro level and that's what will make it connect with you. Yeah. But at the same time, the movie is like, P.S. We also don't give a shit about this family, so we're gonna like blow them away in like a shootout in a church. But like, you're not gonna feel affected by it because you only had five minutes with these characters anyway, so you don't really care. Yeah. So it's like, like you're you're trying to do it two ways and you end up being unsuccessful. Like for in both in both ways, except making me sad. Except bumming me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. This movie is so hard to watch. And, like, not just, like, emotionally, but also, can we just pause for a second? It's the 70s, and I realized that everything in the 70s was, like, yellow. <laughs> but this movie is the yellowest yellow movie I've ever. And I'm glad. So I found a version of this movie on YouTube. You yeah. bought it from, what, Amazon? Yeah. So I'm glad that we watched your version. Because if we had watched mine, I would have been like, oh, maybe this was just, like, a bad rip from a VHS tape. And no. that's why it looks sort of yellow. But you have, like, the official for money version yeah and it is still yellow so yellow and it's not even i want somebody to color correct it yeah that's so that's what it feels it feels like it's not yellow on purpose but i I think it is supposed to be i think it's supposed to make it feel like bleak done successful done just like as if filming it in saskatchewan in the winter didn't make it feel (laughs) bleak enough and it's supposed to be summer yeah yeah, well, because we're like a nuclear winter now because it's just – they have to like twist that fucking knife in. This movie is just <laughs> – it is – I watched this for you. Can you imagine going on a date? And by you, I hope you mean Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> Gary. Can you imagine going on a date and you watch this movie? You're like, yeah, let's go out. We'll go get some – watch a movie, get some ice cream, and you come out and you're like – oh, my God. But again, like this feels like a thing that must have happened in the I 70s. I think it's a made-for-TV movie. Was it? I, I think but like, so. I but think that's why it's square. You could have had, oh my God, yeah, the edges of the frame. So it's rounded. It first, the very first couple of shots, it, they feel like I've seen um, like photos like this that my parents have in the basement from the 70s where the photo size is like very small and square like a Polaroid, but the edges of the whole picture are curved. And so when they first started, air, like when the movie starts, I was like, oh, is this meant to look like a 1970s photograph? And then the screen does like widen out a little bit and the corners get, they become, you know, right angle corners instead of those little like curved corners. Yeah. But it's like, it's such a weird stylistic choice. Like, because it's still, it's still that, it's still that three, four ratio that we used to have before we had like the, the more rectangly shaped TV mm-hmm. screens. So it goes from a small square to like just a slightly bigger square. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> But I feel like, to your point, I feel like in in the 70s, 
there are so many bleak fucking movies that you could have gone on a date and been like, hey, you want to go see Planet of the Apes? Like, that sounds like fun, like a fun sci-fi movie. And you just come out and you're just like. At least those have a fun <sighs> twist at the end. That's not a, that's a depressing twist. I mean, it's a twist at least. Like, Soylent Green is people. There's the. Yeah, but it's not like a happy twist. You've been on movies. Earth the whole time. But this one is just like. You're going to die in like 29 more days. You're all going to die. <laughs> so fucking Sorry. dark. Yeah, but like I feel like to your point, you could just you you could have had a depressing date in the seventies <laughs> at the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could have had true. a miserable date, and I feel like you could have a miserable movie date now. But, but you, if it was Charlton Heston, you knew what you were getting into. I maybe you were like, all right, well, I this guess. is going to be shitty. Did but they, Charlton's in it. Did they? I I guess I was the only one who like didn't know that those were those saddest, bleakest, fucking monkey face movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, they're like they're apes. That's I hilarious. remember when the new one came out and he was in it. He and he gets a line. He's dying, and his only line is "You goddamn dirty apes!" And it makes no sense because he is an ape. He's not, he's not a person. I have only seen clips of the new ones just because uh, I heard how terrible, how fucking terrible they are. New as in like early two thousand. Yeah, the um, the yeah. Tim Burton, the Tim Burton ones, right? Yeah, one ones. I don't know how many he made. I just with the newest newest ones, I was just like I. The original movies are depressing to me, and the idea of of being like, no, no, let's granularly sort out exactly how you get to the planet of the apes like let's watch the downfall of humanity scene by scene instead of starting with like p.s humanity already died yeah it seems worse (laughs) it seems so much more depressing so like you could nothing is more depressing than this movie to be honest i this yeah well but it's like it's almost less depressing just because like i said the movie doesn't actually give a shit about the family it wants you to give a shit about that's true like it's it's almost like one step removed and so it, like it should be like if the movie actually cared about this family you would want to slit your wrists at the end of it because it's yeah. just so fucking dark and bleak and there's no way out but like the movie's like yeah i don't know there's this family and their farmers fuck them and so it's like well okay i guess i'll get through this so yeah sorry i we keep getting distracted with just how bleak <laughs> How bleak this movie is. It's so dark. So anyway, so there's the family. There's little Bobby, who you hate. Um, Then there's Kim Cattrall with her giant head and tiny body and, like, black hair and no dialogue. Um, And she's, like, I don't know, like, late teens, early 20s, probably that kind of age. She's supposed to be older than Gary. Is she? Yeah, I guess she must be. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then Ga- and then Garrett plays a character called Mike, which is the only name that stuck out. To- well, that and Wilcox. So there's, like, two names I remember from this whole movie. And so he plays he plays Mike um, in full 1970s glory, which is the only thing that saved this fucking movie. He's God, got the mushroom cut. He's got, the like, the flowing hair. He's got the um, the corduroy tight, tight fucking jeans with, like, the bell-bottom bottoms. Yep. I just, the like, the little leather shoes. Just, you know what, man? Like, that's all. Like, that, you came in as the eye candy, and that's, like, all that is stopping me from just <laughs> crying throughout this whole film. So anyways, he's, I guess he's, you're right, he's probably middle brother. Yeah. Um, And he's kind of like the hothead brother, and he doesn't like, so Kim Cattrall is engaged to some random guy who I feel like. He's from the city. He's from the city, and Gare's like, fuck you, city boy. <laughs> and I'm like. You're only out here to steal our food. <laughs> <laughs> I Gare's, Gare's accent comes out a little thick in spots, which I fucking love. <laughs> that also made this movie enjoyable to me, because it's like. I feel like sometimes we like we can do like the neutral American accent and like sometimes I, I know I do it too and like I don't hear it until everyone starts laughing at me. But like sometimes the accent comes out a little thick, a little bit <laughs> a little bit thick and creamy. And that's <laughs> in this movie it comes out a little thick and creamy. So yeah, so Gary doesn't like um Kim Cattrall's fiance who has bought a farm down the road that was um I think he bought it from like a foreclosure sale or something. Yeah. 
the farmers who had been there, like, had been had um, not been able to pay and they lost their land. And so Gare is, like, mad that you took over the farm of, like, my friends, like, my neighbor friends. And then he's also like, fuck you, you're just from the city. You're just, you're here. This is all a giant scam for you to come in and you're stealing people's land and you came in to marry my sister so you could get our food. Like, it's all just part of a giant scam to, like, steal from us, basically. So he's, like, angry teen 70s Gare, the whole movie. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> Fucking Gary. <laughs> so, Fucking Gary. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, the movie starts off with um, with little Bobby. Well, after the like bleak government officials saying how we're all going to die in thirty days, so we've but got, we're just not going to tell the people yeah, the truth. Yeah, we'll he, cut down rations to yeah. make them feel like we're doing something. But whatever yeah. we do, we're not going to. Yeah, tell they have a the vote. Truth. They're like, we're going to lie. We're going to lie to everybody. Yep, everyone yep. raise their hands. We're going to lie. All right, cool. All cool. right, see you next. Have a lunch meeting. All right, see you later. So um, we have little Bobby, and they're talking. Uh, she's talking with her nine foot tall dad about um, the family cow, who. Has a name even? Melody. Melody, Melody the cow. I don't, yeah. But yeah, no one else gets the name, but the cow fucking does. So um, he, she's like, I don't want to sell my cow, daddy. I love the cow. And he's like, it's a cow and it's food and we're all dying. And it's the 70s. Like, just give me the fucking cow. And she's like, no, daddy, no. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I got, I've got the names now. So sister. So Kim Cattrall's character is Susan and okay. her fiance is named John. I did write it down at some point. So um, he's like, look, I ha- we have to kill the cow. Because we need we need meat for the family, but also your sister Susan's getting married, and as a wedding gift for her, I want to give her a bunch of um, beef, Cow meat, as, yeah, yeah, um, so that they can start their lives together. And like, all we have is Melody, and I know Melody's like a skinny cow, and she's your pet, and you like want a four H ribbon for her, but we're farmers, and this cow's gonna die. And she's like, no, daddy. So, <laughs> um, giant daddy goes and fucks off somewhere, and and Bobby, this is when you started screaming at the TV, which I fucking loved. <laughs> So little Bobby is like, come on, Melody, let's go escape. We're going to go to freedom. And I'm like, you're in the middle of like a Saskatchewan field, bitch. Where are you going? Where? <laughs> I I don't even, I don't actually know that this this part was filmed in Saskatchewan, but like in my head, this is what I've always imagined Saskatchewan was like. It's supposed to be very, very flat. It's like I'm just imagining this big, empty fucking farmer's field <laughs> is all of Saskatchewan. But anyway, so she takes her little cow and she's like, to freedom, Melody. And she's got the cow with a rope and she's just walking across a fucking field. And I'm like... First off, you have no neighbors. And Mike just watches her go. Yeah. <laughs> he does, yeah. He's like, yeah, angry brother's uh, like, oh, taking the cow for a walk, I guess. No questions. <laughs> no questions. <laughs> this is fine. So, I'm fixing this tractor. <laughs> he is. That's. I feel like that's another theme of um, the stuff we've been watching is they have gear. Like, they're like, okay, man, like, do laundry. Okay, um, do the dishes. Okay, fix a tractor. And he's like, all right. And he's I'm just like, like, quote Shakespeare, I can do that. You want me to fix this tractor? <laughs> Fucking no. He's like, this appears to he's be a wrench. loosening a bolt, one little bolt the whole time. <laughs> but with purpose. With purpose and intention, which I love. <laughs> he's like, I am happy. <laughs> and I'm like, sir, <laughs> I don't. I, Hand Z, baby. I, <laughs> I believe in my own abilities to fix a tractor more than I believe in your ability to fix a tractor. <laughs> I don't know. And, what and if you and if you've met me at all, you know that I do not have the ability to fix a tractor. <laughs> I, I fixed a toilet once, and I was so proud of myself. I'm like, that's the extent of my like plumbing and mechanical skills. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. And I believe in myself more than I believe in you with that one fucking nut. But like, good job, good job. <laughs> looking at it, looking at it. Your sister and being like, yep, she's stealing the family cow. All right. That's okay, fine. cool. So little sister is just I don't know where she's going even. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So you were screaming, you were yelling at the TV, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Bobby? <laughs> Which I love. So she's just fucking wandering with her cow and her rope across the field. And then 
um, these bandits come by and these bandits are like, hey, uh, it's a kid with a cow. Good deal. So they come by and they just most of this movie is people driving trucks across like bumpy farmers. fields. <laughs> <laughs> so they have like a like a van, like a yeah. windowless murder van, and they drive it across the field um, and they're like, cool. So they shove this kid on the ground. They take the cow. And I thought they were <laughs> this fucking movie. I thought they were going to just like just like walk the cow into the car or the, or the truck, the van. Um, or I thought that they were going to do like a like a two shot. So like they're like they've got the cow and then they like turn off the camera and then they get like a big dead cow doll. <laughs> I don't think that's what they did here. This is a straight dead cow. I yeah. This is a actual it is, dead cow or it is the most realistic dead cow prop no. that has ever no i know i know no. i know so they okay so they shove the little girl and she's like no melody my cow and then <laughs> we're so mean to her <laughs> Fuck well her guess now. who gets no cow now bobby yeah your whole family yeah you starved your whole family to death sooner than they would have died in 30 days anyway so they yeah. shove so they shove the little girl over and then they've got the cow and they keep the camera keeps going from like the guys with the cow back to Mel back to Bobby and then back to the cow. So like it's never Bobby and the cow in the same same screen at the same yeah. time. So they put the camera on Bobby's face and then you hear a gunshot, but you don't actually see it. Thank fucking God you don't actually see it, <laughs> but you hear it. And I'm like, okay, like now they're gonna switch it up for like the big dead plastic cow. But what happens is they go back. And they've got like a little wooden, um, like a wooden ramp that they've taken out of the car that I keep calling a car, the van. And they've got a, the cow lying on it. And earlier, earlier when they're about to shoot the cow, it's a real cow. And they they have the cow just kind of like collapse onto her knees. Lay down, yeah. Yeah. And so I think I was like, okay, they've already got this cow trained to like do something. So I was like, okay, maybe at this point they have just trained the cow. They're like, cow, lie down. And they'll just have the cow on its side. But then they start like wrapping rope around the cow's legs and dragging the cow, and you see blood, very realistic blood on this on this um, piece of plywood ramp because it's an actual because dead it cow. seems like it's an actual dead cow. And I'm like, <laughs> did they kill a cow for this fucking did they horrible kill movie? That cow? I maybe in front of this actress. That's what it seems like. It really looks like it. Because like like I said, when they had the cow like doing the little cow stunt and like bending over, I was like, okay, this is an acting cow. <laughs> this is an acting <laughs> cow. And then they're gonna give me the plastic cow. But like they don't show you the shot. I'm like, okay, this cow is still fine. I don't I don't remember seeing. You know how at the end of movies they'll have like PETA being like all yeah. the cows are okay, or like the nope. RSPCA or the ASPCA being like the cow is okay. There wasn't one of those for this movie. No, there was not. And then the like the corpse of the cow, like they do a close up of them tying rope around the cow's legs, and you see the fur on the cow's little. Is it the? No, it's not the fetlock. That's on their head, isn't it? But the little like the little lock of um of like the tuft of fur that's like by the the ankle joint on yeah. like the cow's foot, and I'm like. That I, that's it's so that's not a plastic cow. It's and so realistic. I don't think one they made, might think it's a real. I know, cow. I know. I was like, I was like, is this just a very? Did they like tuft fur on the little plastic cow? But no, I think I think fucking Bobby. And the way they drag it, like I don't think a real cow would let you drag it that way. I think no. the real cow would be like, fuck you, I'm not acting anymore. Yeah, <laughs> back to the field. I am. I was really upset by it. I was like, I think they killed a cow for this movie in front of this twelve-year-old, and like, fuck that twelve-year-old because she deserves to. She has to watch yeah. this because her character sucks. But I was like, I don't want to watch this. So already, so I'm more upset about this cow dying than any human character in this whole <laughs> this fucking entire movie. movie. Because <laughs> the cow had a name and no one else matters. So anyway, so uh, I I was looking at my notes and I wrote, did they actually shoot that cow? <laughs> question mark. Question mark. Question mark. So anyways, yes. So. 
Bobby runs back home and is like, Daddy, they stole the cow. They killed the cow. Daddy, Daddy. No, he comes to look for the cow. And Mike's like, he's not in the barn. And then he just points off to the field. I, maybe I miss. Yeah, you're And the right. dad's like, what? And then we hear Bobby screaming and he runs oh, off. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, my notes jump to like the next the scene after that. So, you're right. You're right. Gare's like, no, oh, you mean the cow that she just dragged into the field for no fucking reason? Yeah, that's where the cow is, man. She ain't in there. And they have one cow. It's not like this is like one of a herd of cows. They have one fucking cow and they have one. like four chickens. Cow. Yeah. And like that that's their farm of animals. Like that's what they got. So it's not even like Gary was like, oh, he, she's taking that one for a walk. We have a couple other ones. No, they had one. Her name was Melody. She was beautiful <laughs> and she died for the art of this movie. <laughs> so <laughs> art. <Oof>. So <laughs> I <laughs> I'm looking at my notes, and I wrote, Gare has giant 70s hat hair, which is yes, correct. Yes, he does. So that gets us through this movie. Okay, so um, Gare is talking to his dad, and he's like, I want to fight back against the Raiders, because I guess this is not like a one-off. Um, people are just, they're running out of food, they're getting mad, um, they're getting desperate, and they're going out to the farmland. People from the city are especially driving out to the farmland, because they're like, the farmers are going to have animals, they're going to have food, we're going to just raid their farms. Um, because the like government ration store in the city like do- is running out and doesn't have anything. So this right. is happening a lot. So Gary's like, um, why don't we join with Frank Wilcox, who is or was like the local sheriff is kind of how I how I understood that. Um, and But now he's basically just like the local mob boss protection guy. Yeah, protection racket. So he's like, why don't we join with this guy because he's protecting all the other farms. And like, yeah, people have to give him food. But give it's better to give him a little bit of food than the raiders coming in and taking all of our shit all the fucking time. And then giant Charles Bronson dad is like, nope, I'm a moral good man. And that's how you know that it's the 70s and they're all fucked. So <laughs> if he's good. Oh, y'all going to die. If he's good, if he's good and moral. You're like, yeah, dad's like, I don't want blood on my hands. And Gary's like, what about the blood of this family, dad? He's such a, he's, he's such a pissed off teenager. I fucking love it. Like, like the world has ended and you're like, dad, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> what about me, dad? <laughs> so... um. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then um, dad and mom are talking about what they're what they're going to do and how they're going to fix shit. And mom, I don't I didn't write down what mom's like plans are. But I remember thinking like, oh, mom's ideas were were not bad ideas. They were good ideas. And I've got my note just says dad basically calls mom a dumb bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was such a paternalistic 70s. Like there, there, little lady. Yeah. <laughs> don't <I'll> take care of <laughs> you. <laughs> that blood needs to go to your uterus, not your brain. <laughs> I was like. Fucking okay, just yeah, just sexism on top of the end of the world. Cool, cool 1970s barfing yellow movie. All right, mm-hmm. whatever. So, um, okay, so we cut to we cut to our other. We only really have two sets of characters in this movie. We have this family, the what did I say? The Franklins, the Franklins. and then we have the the other family, the, the rich, rich family, fam- the city family. I feel like the last name was it's like, like Eccles country or mouse something. and city mouse. Yeah, post apocalyptic country mouse and city mouse. <laughs> so I don't, I don't remember what rich family's name is, but there's it this rich matter. family because they don't. Yeah, they're just archetypes. So there's rich family. Um, they run some kind of a business. Um, Eating. <laughs> they do. They computer. do. They do computing. Yeah. Yeah. Their job <laughs> is computer. Um, I. I really like. So when you first see. Rich, so there's Rich Son who's like in his 30s, I guess, and Rich Dad who's maybe in his like 60s or 70s. Um, and Rich Son has his own family, so there's like a wife and he's got a bunch of kids, one of whom is like a girl version of Tiny Tim from yes. A Christmas Carol. <laughs> I'm so sick, Daddy. This <laughs> is like, I was like, so this couldn't just be regular, like it's another family and they're suffering and they're suffering because it's the end of the world. No, yeah. it has to be like. <clears throat> 
where's my crutches, daddy? And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. This movie is grinding the glass into the open wound so fucking hard the entire time. It really is. It was such torture. But anyway, so um, the first time you see 30-year-old rich guy, adult son, he's in his office. And he's he, – so he's got this giant desk and he's turned sideways to the side of his giant desk. And I was like – what is what is he doing? Because his hands are like bent below the desk. And then in a later scene, the camera like moves a little bit. And you can see the lowest, fattest, squattest, weirdest 1970s computer terminal. <laughs> like I don't even know how to how to really describe it. It's it's got a screen on it, but it's built into where the keyboard is. And the screen is very, very small and low. And the whole thing is sort of shaped like a rhombus. And it's like it's almost like key like um typewriter shaped, but like it's like a typewriter if you mashed the world's tiniest like security guard style um computer or um monitor. Like mash that into like a typewriter. They're the Ennis family. The Ennis? Okay. I knew yeah. there was an E there. So um like all in one, like a tiny little screen yeah. and the keyboard and the five and a half yeah. inch floppy. And it looks like it weighs like 80 pounds. Like yeah. it looks like the it's heaviest. huge. But it, it's it's huge, but it's so low that it's like, why why isn't that on your desk? Why Makes is it, it look futuristic? Well, it's it's the way that I've seen in old movies when people have typewriters. For some reason they also had typewriters like lower than the main desk. And I'm like, why would you why would you like I mean, I know we weren't like into ergonomics, but like why why is your why is this thing that you're typing on so low that you have to turn sideways and hunch over like forward into this little like dip to like start typing? But it's like but yeah, they mention they they show it as like the super futuristic advanced his whole job is computer. Yes. <laughs> and I was like Okay, cool, great. Um, it's like Ennis Technology Industries yeah. or something. And there's a couple of scenes where you'd see the screen on the computer and it's full on like whatever happened before MS DOS. I don't even know how like it's full on like black screen with green with green typing that like, clearly like none of the actors in this movie are actually doing any of the yeah. typing on this thing. So <laughs> anyway, so he lives in the future, he does computers. So um he's there. Um, and he's talking with his rich dad and they're talking about rationing and rich dad is like, uh, I know how to do math and I, like the numbers the government is giving us for like what's, what's available and and what's not available, like they do not add up and no one else is as smart as me to do the math, but like I have our computer and I typed in percentages and they tell us that we are fucked. Um, so he, he's the one who brings, who like figures all of this out. Um, not that it matters because, again, it's the bleakest movie ever and even the smart people die. But he's like, look, um, I know the government is lying to us. These numbers don't make any sense. The government store has run out of food. Let's go and see farmers and we'll try and, like, buy some food off of them. And I'm like, we've already established that this society is post-apocalyptic. Like, what are you giving them money for? What are they going to buy with money? Food? No, they can't because you're the one that's giving them the money. Right. Like, like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense what their plan is but um cuz they they act like their plan is to give them money but really really what their plan ends up being is like let's just go beg some farmers and hope that we're we're sad and pathetic enough um that they forgive us for being part of the class that ruined the economy and also the earth like let's just let's just see if if crying works um so we go back to Bobby and she's like, am I going to go to school this fall? And like the dad's response is like, I don't think there's going to be school this fall. Like he might as well tell her the world is ending, you dumb bitch. <laughs> like, there's nothing. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have school this year. There's no future for you. So um, we've got Kim Cattrall coming in with her fiance and they're talking about girl lamps and they're talking about like the future. And it's just it's like all these people making plans that they themselves know are never going to come to fruition. And like yeah, their lives just are not over. giving up the whole the Franklins are the we never give up, and the Ennis are the 
Maybe we should just go ahead and give up. Yeah. Yeah. But neither version is like any less bleak. Because <laughs> no. it feels like it feels like the the Franklin family, like they know that their plans are not, like they, they know that they know that their plans are not going to be successful. But they're like, yeah, you're right. They're like still trying. So the daughter is still like, I'm going to get married. Um, so Mike is like, fuck all this noise. Like I, I am going to, to Sheriff Wilcox. He's really our only chance to get any kind of protection from all these raiders and um i know that we don't have anything to offer him because like i can't give him food because dad won't let me so he shows up and he's like i'm good with a gun and i was like are you are you really (laughs) your floppy hair tells me i mean he does kill someone (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is why how i know he's not good with a gun so he shows up um he's like um i'm i'm good with a gun like pew pew like let me let me join your your roving band of raiders and the guy's like okay so um you later get a scene where they're, like, trying to teach him how to shoot a gun, like, with some glass bottles on a fence. And he is, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It is, like, the cow death was very real, but the him trying to shoot, like, cans off a off a fence felt like, just, can you just even, like, pretend to act like there's recoil on this gun? Like, the first time the gun goes off, it looks like the gun actually goes off because it looks like yeah. his whole body is, like, racked with the recoil. And then I wonder if they were, like... Oh yeah, this will kill Gare. We can't we can't have him use an actual gun. So then all the other times he shoots bottles, it's like they were just like, no, no, Gare, just pretend and he's like, eh. <laughs> pew. <laughs> him saying pew pew would have been more realistic than the rest of the gun shooting. But I was like, okay, so they're trying to train him how to use a gun. They know that he's full of shit and he's like, I know how to use a gun. They're like, You're you're a delicate man. No, you like you don't know how to use a gun. So <laughs> delicate man. Um He's so th- twenty. He's, he's twenty in this. He's he's a little baby in this, is what he is. A long haired yeah. little baby who can't fix his tractor. <laughs> <laughs> or take his jacket off. <laughs> I mean, look, he knew even then that like he had to be a never nude for all of us. <laughs> Plus it's the seventies, so like obviously everyone had to wear six layers all at once and post apocalyptic or winter. Or, or none. <laughs> That is that is true. Based on some of the stuff on your um, on your other podcast with your nineteen seventies movies, yes. yeah, either nude or never nude or <laughs> or never clothed. Yeah, ugh. This movie, yeah, it really is a um, it's an outlier in in Gary's canon because there is no making out for him. There is no like it's because he's Gary. Yeah, that's right. Gary didn't know they the full stole power. his magic. <laughs> they didn't give him his name. They took his name and they took who he was. They had to. He had to reclaim that. So this is the spirited away of his career. Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chihiro? No, that's not my name. <laughs> oh, they took away his big dick energy. <laughs> they did. They were like Garrett. No, no, no. You're Gary. Well, like, and he was for, like oh, I'm Gary for a movie with Garrett Wynn Davies and Kim Cattrall, there is surprisingly little sex. Like. There's it no would sex. be like sad hate sex. It would be like the worst. You couldn't put that in this movie. <laughs> that is true. It would be even bleaker. But I mean, just like for those two actors who are known for like yeah. very sexualized characters. That I like that their first movie together is just fucking it's the it's the end of the world and it's so bleak that none of us are gonna get any. So um we go back and forth. So we've got Garrett like learning how to shoot a gun poorly, and then we've got Kim Cattrall trying to put on the world's saddest, ugliest wedding dress, which I, I know. I don't know if it was the saddest, ugliest wedding dress in the 70s, but, like, god damn, it looked like she just took all of the curtains from the house and sewed them together and, and was like, is this modest enough? Nope, add another curtain to it. <laughs> so She's like, it's a little big right here. And well, we're all starving to death. So the waist. The mom's like, yeah, we had more to eat when I got married. <laughs> Even the wedding dress scene is so fucking bleak, like, just because when you realize what they're saying, you're just like, oh, it's... Yeah. Yeah, maybe don't comment on how skinny, skinny, skinny Kim Cattrall is, who's dying in this fucking movie. <laughs> so, 
um, we've got mom and dad having a love scene together because you really need to like try and sell this love story for reasons that will become apparent later. Yeah. Which I fucking, this is the 70th most manliest thing that I've ever seen. Um, so mom and dad are like, are talking to each other and mom is like, I love you. She says, I love you to him. And dad does not say I love you back. He goes, never stop. I need you. <laughs> Fucking, could you just, we're all going to die in like 29 and a half days. Could you just say that you love her? Could you just fucking just not be the most macho 70s man ever? Isn't this 77? Yeah. So this is the same year that Star Wars came out. Oh, I love you. I know, right? Well, that's Empire Strikes Back. Is that later? I don't know all the Star Wars. That's the 80s, but 80, actually. But it's just interesting that this movie came out and then Star Wars comes. And you can see why Star Wars was like, look, it ended happy. Because there's some hope in it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if every other movie in the theater was just shit's terrible and going to. (laughs) 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 Fucking. Nerd, <laughs> fucking nerd. So, uh, so um, we've got we're trying to sell the mom dad relationship, and yeah. it's just it's nope. It's just such a fucking bummer. So yeah, I'll we've got care you. we've got Mike and brother in law, and they're they're getting into a bitch fight. And I will say that like this is not this didn't feel like stage fighting. This felt like they were like, okay, Garrett, see that guy, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Action! Like they're in this. Well, barn. they killed a cow. I know I, they had no. They were like, well, I don't care. They're if like, gets it's a black fine. guy. Just punch him. But right, like, didn't it feel like they were actually beating the shit out of each other? Yeah, it did. Yeah. So they're in a barn. Um, Gare's like, you're just marrying my sister so you can get all of our sweet chickens and eggs. (laughs) You're here to steal our food. (laughs) And brother-in-law, is a future brother-in-law is like, uh, can't we be friends? And Gare's like, no. (laughs) And they just, they just bitch fight each other the way that, like, the way that, like, actual 20-somethings, I feel like, would kick the shit out of each other in a barn. And they're just, like, slap fighting. But it's like it's like very like there's like actual like touching going on. So they're yeah. beating the shit out of each other, and then, um, which is impressive until nine foot tall dad comes in and just like just basically like, like picks. I don't. He picks one of them up. I don't remember if it's Gary or the brother in law. But he it's like picks. John. Is it the brother in law, John? Yeah. Okay. So he like picks him up like like by the scruff of his neck like a kitten. He's just like <laughs> and throws him off. Well, of when gear. you're six foot eight, four hundred pounds of muscle. <laughs> Like, the dad, like, him as a farmer makes sense, but if they were like, oh, he used to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> I believe that. I would have been like, yeah, that feels right. So he's like, uh, you guys need to stop being little bitches. So um, Gare is like, stop taking the boyfriend side over me. I'm going to join up with Wilcox. Like, Meh. So this is where you have, like, the him trying to learn how to shoot a gun Wilcox. scene fucking poorly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you making fun of the accent again? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we have another scene with Bobby, which is how you know that shit's going to go down because she only pops up when she's going to be a stupid <laughs> moron. So we have Bobby and she's outside playing with the chickens. And I'm just like, you need to stop playing with your food. Like I I know. And she's giving them green. She's like, enjoy it because that's all you're going to get all day. And it's like, they're chickens. If you just let them be, they'll go find food. Yeah, they'll they'll be okay. They'll and like, be fine. I I have a bleeding heart for every animal, but like in terms of this post apocalyptic movie, stop fucking falling in love with your dinner. Like this is not healthy yeah. for any of us. <laughs> so the second Bobby was on screen with like with little chickens, I was like, shit's gonna go down. So what happens is we've got two two government men come. Sorry, we've got the two the, the, two, the rich family, the NS family. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know when my notes. I was like, are they from the government? So the two <laughs> the two rich guys. So rich grandpa and it's rich you daddy. want the government guys to reappear and they never do. No, that's just the very beginning. Yeah, they're just yeah. this weird framing device that's like, all right, the world is going to end. Okay, cool. Like now we're on to the story. Yeah. Which also feels very very dated, but it was I don't know. Anyway, so we've got we've got um grandpa, rich grandpa, and rich daddy, and they come by, and they're like. 
they see this little girl with the chickens. And I thought they were going to just like also shove her over. And make <laughs> the God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> like everyone else. But they come by and they're like, um, we have a, my little daughter, Trudy, is so sick and she needs food. And um, Bobby's dad, the nine foot tall monster man, is like, fuck off. And then Bobby's like, you can have my food because Bobby ruins every fucking scene she's in. She makes everything worse by her whole presence. And then dad, so then like nine foot tall dad is shamed and is like, well, little Bobby has made me remember the spirit of Christmas, basically. So. And I'm like, you know what? Like, even though Bobby's a little bitch, and Bobby she got ruins her everything. Stolen. I just feel like. Like, there is a time and a place for, like, the milk of human kindness, but that is not the time and place that we're in right now. Like, we have 30 days left to live. You're giving them all your food. You're going to have, like, two days left to live. Just fucking don't do it. So, anyways, Bobby's like, give give them my dinner. And Dad is, like, guilt-tripped into this. So, um, they bring old man and um, guy in his 30s, Grandpa Daddy, and they bring them into the house and they give them a bunch of, like, eggs and bread and, like, meat and stuff. And they tell them, oh, that uh, our daughter Susan is going to be getting married tomorrow. And so old man is like, my wife just died and I have a wedding ring and you guys seem like you're poor and like you probably don't have a wedding ring. <laughs> so here take, you go. Take my, old, take my old cursed wedding ring. It's all I can give you um, as a thank you for giving me food for my sick granddaughter or whatever. So um, just, just fucking grinding the glass into the fucking misery that is this movie. So um, we've got them trying to leave the old man and his son, and then there's a roadblock. And so Wilcox is there with baby Gary in the back, and they're all like, y'all ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> and, they, and they're like, uh, you seem to have food in your car, and I don't know who you are, so fuck you. So they get into, like, a giant... Then they get into a firefight. This So there's a car chase, because yeah. it's the 70s. And then they get into a firefight, and then old man is like, oh, my heart, I can't take all this 70s drama. And he just collapses and dies, and Gary's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> so they... They put old Uh-oh, man no spaghetti. That is true. Uh oh, we're we're too starving to death to have spaghettios. <laughs> so he so Gare um, flops the old man into the back of the of the guy's son's car, and the guy's son drives off, and he's like, "I will get my revenge." Basically, so um, he doesn't have food now because because Gare took the food back, um, and he now has a dead dad, and he's going back to the city where there is no food in any of these stores. So. Um, the movie cuts back now to the Kim Cattrall family and she's like, why won't my, why won't my brother and my future husband become friends? And it's like, do you think they will eventually? And the, the mom's like, yeah, <laughs> fucking no. I, they do <laughs> you remember how they were beating each other up 15 minutes ago? Boys will be boys. Yeah. It's going to be fine. It's totally going to be fine. <laughs> like they cut to the scene and then they go back to rich city dad. And I'm like, why, why? Like, is this just cause Kim Cattrall needed to have like enough lines in this movie? And yes. you're just like, yeah, yeah. It, she has like four lines and the rest of the movie, she just stares off into space cause she's so haunted. It's just, it, there's like, you could cut out the entire character of Kim Cattrall, I feel like, and it wouldn't. Mm, you couldn't, you wouldn't have the wedding. Oh yeah. To get the, food. yeah, yeah. You have the wedding. Yeah. She's in it exclusively for the wedding. Pretty much, yeah, as a thing for a brother-in-law to marry. I, just, yep. This movie is so fucking bleak. So um, anyway, she's like, they're going to be friends. And mom's like, yeah, sure, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm, so then we go back yeah. to the city, and Rich Dad's like, I have no food, and i got to figure this out. He's like, what if I try and sell all my stuff? And I was I was sitting there, and I was like, who the fuck are you going to sell your, this pearl necklace and these stocks and bonds to? Like, there's no food anywhere. <laughs> no one can eat your pearl necklace or your paper. Like, what? what is your plan, sir? Like, this is, how is this going to work out? So he tries to sell all of his stuff to this guy who's, like, the king of the raiders, basically. 
And the guy comes in, has a meeting with him. And I'm like, fucking why? Just to fuck with him? And I think the answer is yes, just to yes, fuck with him. Yes, just to fuck with him. Um, and then he's like, uh, psych, I'm not going to buy any of your shit. Um, I was smart and I hoarded food and you thought you were like super smart because you were rich in the before times. Well, it's not the before times now, so fuck off. So then um, um, Rich Dad is like, hey – there's going to be a wet. I'm going to I'm selling you information, basically. There's going to be a wedding with the farmers, and I know that they're all going to be bringing food to this. And I was like, that was never established. Yeah, like, he do, says that. Do they say that when they're at the table? Yeah, because he's going to – he's like, can I give you anything? And he's like, no, they're going to be getting from their neighbors what they need most. Oh, food. okay. Okay. I totally missed that until we get to the scene with Rich Dad. I'm like, how does he know that they're not just all going to show up, like, in solidarity and, like, kindness, whatever? So you're right. He, so, okay. He knows that there's going to be a lot of food brought to this to this um, church, and he knows that the wedding is tomorrow. And he's like, hey, local mobster guy, if you go and you um, steal food from the wedding, like, I'll tell you where all this stuff is. You steal the food. You give me half. And the guy's like, oh, okay. So – Although um, you'd think if there were actual raiders roaming about the countryside, you'd do that on the down low. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, I'll bring you food over the next week. Any decision that anyone makes in this movie to be kind or hopeful immediately backfires. Like yes. is immediately a problem and immediately seems dumb. Which is also like I think that's also the frustrating thing about this movie is it's not just like it's not just like – it's not one of those things where like people act dumbly and uh, – or meanly or cruelly and they suffer because of acting badly. It's the moments when they try and retain a shred of their humanity, that's what causes their downfall. Yeah. That's what causes the – like Bobby being like, I will share and the family being like, I will share with the and with I, the rich family. I don't want to kill my cow. I don't want to kill my cow. Yeah. Um, having like any love or compassion or kindness for anybody is what fucks everyone over um, and sharing with them and telling them about the wedding and then the local the neighbors being like i want to share with this wedding couple with this um to be married couple i want to yeah. share with them so they can start their lives like any any moment where there's the milk of human kindness you're like oh this was the wrong choice yeah which is such a bleak fucking message for a movie like i know i get it but it's like they really they don't stop grinding it this movie is hard to watch it's so fucking painful but anyways so rich, um, rich adult son is like, go there, steal the food, bring me back half, and I'll draw you this little map. And he draws the map on paper on his own fucking letterhead. <laughs> He's like, first you go down the main road, <laughs> and then you turn left at the barn. <laughs> it's the worst. It's yeah. It's he, I don't think he even like writes down any street names or anything. No. He's just like food here, barn. So um, the gangsters they um, they drive their little murder van um, out into the country, and there's a roadblock, and the roadblock is. Some random old man who's like, y'all can't come in here. Um, and they're like, no, no, we're here for the wedding. And the old man's like, the wedding already started. And he's like, yeah, we're late. That's a bummer. And we brought stuff for the bride and groom. And he's um, like, oh, well, you make a compelling argument. Yeah. <laughs> and then he realizes, and the old man sees that the car is, or the, the van is actually like full of like militiamen. And he's like, what? And they're like, aha, our, our crafty ruse has failed. And he just bops the guy on the head and they drive off. So, because of course there is. Oh, so, no. Oh. So um, they get past the roadblock. Um, they get to the wedding. <laughs> My notes say wedding to Kim Cattrall. What the fuck is she wearing? Yeah, her wedding dress is just is. They can't even give her a nice wedding dress in her post-apocalyptic sad murder wedding. I just like give her something. Give her fucking something to work with. So um, the gangsters, the same ones who stole the cow earlier, are the ones that are coming in to break up the wedding and steal stuff now. Because there's only so many gangsters, I guess, in post-apocalyptic Canada. Mm -hmm. So um, they come in. They. I didn't understand – I didn't understand this part so much. But they come in and they hit the – the groom is, like, trying to stop them from, like, stealing all the food. Well, first they're just going to give it to him. They're like, fine, take the food, but don't harm anybody. 
And so that's what they're going to do. They're just going to take the food. And that's when the groom runs up. And they're like, no, don't. And they hit the groom. Okay. I totally, I must have blacked out from sadness that part of this movie. Yeah. I miss like, I miss a lot of the plot. So, but he gets up, he gets to the table with all the food where all the um, the gangsters are. And they, yeah, they like um, hit him in the head with like the butt of like a shotgun. And I thought he was just like knocked out. And then the next time you see him, he is bleeding like profusely from the head, which is very fake looking blood compared to the cow blood. So like I'm pretty I'm we keep going back to like I think that cow actually yeah, died. Yeah, I think that cow but actually But it's cuz it's it's like it's not like they just had a bottle of really good fake <laughs> ribena on on no. hand. No. So um he's lying there with like bright orange paint all over his head basically. And Kim Kardashian is like cradling him to her breast and like no, no, my husband no. And I was just like, "Oh, fucking God, it never lets up this movie. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so he gets um, hit in the head and I'm like, okay, like this is, is this going to be like a one-off thing or is he going to be fine later? No, spoiler alert, he fucking dies from the being bopped in the head. And then there's a fucking shootout in the church. So we've got Gare um, and all the Wilcox gang versus all the gangsters. And then a bunch of like people in the church just bent down being like, what the fuck is happening? What is going on right now? All for bread. So you have a giant shootout. Um, Gare is outside the church. I guess they didn't give him enough target practice with those three fucking bottles on the fence <laughs> because he aims for some guy and he shoots and it goes through the church window and he kills his own mother. <laughs> it's not funny, but it really it's, is. It's a little, it is the most improbable shot. What the fuck? Because she's also, the mother is like, so I know that like the dad character is like nine and a half feet tall. The mother is like four feet tall. She's what like, are the odds? This little tiny woman. And Gare's shot goes right into he the window. Horrifically. In, yeah. And goes through the window and hits her like directly in the heart. Yes. Just one poop dead. And no one ever, he, we don't ever know that. Like he never knows that. No one ever knows that. Because he yeah. comes and he's like, oh my God, they shot my mom. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just like she's a casualty of the firefight. So only the audience knows the true horror of this fucking scene. How violence just begets tragedy. Oh. <sighs> Just, just shoot me at this point. Like this is so fucking. Um, but I will say that tears tribute. I will. Say, yeah, just let me die and use my meat and put me in the freezer for your post-apocalyptic eating needs. So, um, I will say that. So they they have the firefight. The gangsters drive off. Um, the gangsters don't lose anybody, but one of the gangsters is like injured, and the head gangster is like so mad about. His, his like, junior gangster being injured that he's like, I will get my revenge. And I'm like, you guys came to their wedding to steal their food and shot at everybody. And your guy got, like, a broken toe. And you're like, revenge! <laughs> like, fucking. Yes. What? Okay. So um, I will say that when Gare comes in after the end of the fight and he sees his dead mom on the ground, I was like, okay, like, you're doing a – this is a really good emotional reaction scene where for the rest of the movie, like, I don't really give a shit that everyone else died um, or is dying or that they're going to die in 30 days and that it's miserable. But I will say that, like, I, I thought his emotional reaction to the dead mother on the ground was was very good. Like, he seemed like he was really, like, choked up and, like, having a hard time about it. But that whole scene lasts maybe, like, 12 seconds. And then they're like, okay, walk off now, Gary. And he's like, all right. <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, okay, all right. But, I mean, you you see, like, he's a, he's a good actor even in this, yeah. the bleakest fucking worst thing I've ever seen in my whole life. So, um, okay, so yeah, so we've got the church, we've got the drama, we've got um, everyone else leaving. We have a real quick funeral for mom and fiance John. Who dies. Uh, who dies. In Kim Cattrall's lap. <laughs> in her bloody wedding gown. Because like, what After could make this bleak movie any more bleak? wedding gown. 
Like, it's like they were like, what imagery could make this movie worse? How about a bloody wedding gown? Yeah. yeah. Is it a nice dress? No, it's an ugly fucking yeah. dress. After Kim Cattrall was like, nothing's going to ruin my wedding day. Is it mom? And her mom was like, no, honey, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm going to die. Your fiance is going to die. But not before he smears his blood all over your wedding dress. Just like it never lets up. There's not even, there's no levity at all. There's no breathing room. There's just nothing. It's just fucking hard. And spoiler, uh, spoiler alert. The only reason the violence escalated is because your brother showed up and tried to shoot everybody. Fucking dickhead. Oops. And everybody blames him. Rightly so. You know what it is? It's because he's young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> he doesn't get, he doesn't get a sex scene. And so he's just, he's just so like full of rage. He is. He's just like, I've, I didn't kiss anybody in this movie. I didn't get any, but I didn't <laughs> get to do it. He's just, like, <laughs> he's just so full of rage. They must have learned their lesson. Cause I think from here on out, he gets his, he gets his standard contract. Contractually obligated macking time and every. They're like, look at Deadly Harvest. Look what happened when we didn't give it to him. <laughs> Everyone died. We even tried changing his name, and it doesn't work, you guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm crying. Okay. So for various reasons. So Happiness, we, sadness. <laughs> so we have the funeral scene, and then... Um, Gare finds the map that the Ennis, the Mr. Ennis, I guess, like son Ennis, that he had drawn for the gangsters that shows like how to, how to get to yeah, where the like church is. like food here. <laughs> and again, it's on the Ennis, his fucking letterhead. So, um, dad is like, well, I look like Charles Bronson. It's time to get my revenge. <laughs> so he's about to go off. He's like, Gare, you're in charge of your sisters. And Gare's like, I will not fuck it up, sir. And I'm like, oh, you saying you that tells me that you were going to fuck it up so fucking hard. But like, all right, like, good good job. Try. Not till your dad drives in Toronto, into Toronto to sad synthesizer music. We haven't talked about the music yet. That is, that, that is maybe the one other highlight of this movie is... The music is so fucking weird it's in the so, 70s. It, it's, it's it's performed and written by the same guy. Which feels which feels right. It feels accurate. <laughs> it's like so it's sort of like music from the 70s that feels very 70s and yeah. also what the 70s thought music would be like in the distant year 2000. It's you know? like somebody had a cousin and they were like, I think he can do it and they were like, can he do it for 50 bucks and they were like, fucking yeah, 50 bucks sounds great. He just he got his keyboard weekend. and he's super excited to learn how to use it. Um, and he has watched a lot of like space themed movies. So yeah, yeah he's fine. got this for you. He did it in a weekend. He didn't even score it. Like he didn't write it for the movie. He just wrote like six songs and gave it to him. And then they just had to figure out where to put it. And they go with nothing. They go with nothing. <laughs> they go thing. With nothing. <laughs> They're so and jarring. They don't match not at all. Because the movie is. It's the apocalypse, but it's the 70s. Like, yeah. the movie does not... I think it even says, like, it is the 1970s It's in that um, opening um, narration. I was looking it up to see if they give it a year, and they don't. They they're don't, but, like, they, but they ground it in the 70s. Yeah. Like, they're like, it is... It's the apocalypse, but the apocalypse is now. Yeah. But this music is like, in the distant year 2000. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, the reverb and the just, like... I don't know. There's not a single actual instrument. Yeah, it is all just like um like weird strokes of like a keyboard. Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's so fucking weird. So he's like he's like Gary, you're in charge of the family. He's like, "Aye, aye, sir." And then little Bobby fucking comes out and Even just like Even fucking Bobby. God damn it, dad. <laughs> you have to keep little Bobby alive and he's like, "I don't know if I can." <laughs> <laughs> that that girl is attracted to death in a way that's shocking to all of us. Bobby's leading Susan out into the field. <laughs> Come on, Susan. I know where we can go. <laughs> Let's go into the light. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so little Bobby is like, Daddy, I want you to have my ribbon that I won from Melody. And I'm like, this cow's death still weighs on my soul. <laughs> I am still emotionally upset about More it. More than the mom's death. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like, Mom, I mean, your husband couldn't even say that, that he loved you. I don't, I can't say that I love you either, Mom. Uh, so anyways, she's like, take my special ribbon. And you and I were both like, oh, is this going to be one of those? He like puts the ribbon on and if he gets shot, it like bounces off the ribbon. No. Fucking no. It's just to pull on the heartstrings and remind you of that dead cow from 10 minutes ago. So <laughs> You mean four hours ago? I, this movie, time doesn't exist in no, this movie. No, it does not. It's it does a little not. bit like other women's children where like, I feel like lengthwise, it is the length of a normal movie, but watching it felt like years off my life. <laughs> really we are does. We are killing ourselves for gear i just (laughs) i need him to know the suffering that we're engaging in but not because of him (laughs) (laughs) to to show our love and support we are we are we are submitting ourselves to this fucking torture experiment (laughs) so anyways she's like take my ribbon and feel bad about the cow and he's like okay so dad gets in his car and he goes to the city and i i wrote my notes laser music from the future while dad drives (laughs) Because that is exactly, that is the vibe. exactly what it laser. Because like. there are laser sounds. Yeah. It's like pew pew pew. Yeah, it's like pew pew pew. <laughs> pew pew pew. It is driving like, through post-apocalyptic Toronto. It pew, is pew, like pew. you gave a cat a a, um, a keyboard and were like, "Kitty cat, make my music for me." And he was like, Meow. and then he just like that's what he made. <laughs> so so sustained chord. <laughs> there is a long. It's it's like we've talked about um, on. Um, Strange and Beautiful Book Club, where you're like the movies in the 70s, the pacing was really weird because yeah. you've got it's this movie starts out with a lot of um, this movie could be 45 minutes. It long. could be it, it could have been what well, could have been like 10 minutes. and I would have gotten the same moral of everything. sucks. Yeah. that would have been quick. But it starts out with a bunch of like, um, what do you call it? Like stock footage of yeah. like of aerial, overhead, footage. aerial footage of like of Toronto. And then the movie, like, is happening, and we've got some good pacing. And then when the dad is driving into the city, all of a sudden it's like, oh, do you want some more stock footage again of cities and, like, 20 solid minutes of him driving, like, in real time to Toronto? And I was like, why? Why do we need – like, this is not an emotional empty, breather. Because it's like, look how empty the roads yeah. are. Look how – Yeah. It doesn't – It's it feels like it should be a lessening, a lessening up, but it just feels more like we're dragging it even further. Like, we're making it even harder – like to watch this movie. Like right. it should be a lessening of the tension, but it in fact just like ramps it up and stresses me out even more. So it's just like driving through the emptiness with the cat space laser music. So um dad gets to the city and there's a curfew in the city now. That's the thing that they've brought up. They're like, we've got the food stores and we've got a curfew and you have to have a reason to come to the city if you don't live here. And so dad's like, it's a personal reason because he's, you know, stoic 1970s man. And yeah. the, the government guy is like, uh, I need an actual reason, sir, to hit my button to lift the gate. Except the gate's already up. <laughs> yeah you're right he's like questioning him but the gate is already up and the yeah. dad's like fuck it and he drives through and i was like oh is there gonna be a chase that's because he's no. gonna take his rifle he's like do you have a permit for that rifle and he's like it's just my old hunting rifle it is the most country part of this whole movie <laughs> and the guy's like sir please step out of the car and he's like fuck you and he's just like, he i have murder on the my door mind. and then he drives off yeah and they're like well god damn it he made it through yeah there's literally nothing we, we can can't do. chase him godspeed sir bye-bye so, okay, so then we cut to the office where Rich Adult Son is, just sitting there staring at paper for no reason. Um, in comes the gangster who brings him a an orange plastic bag covered in blood. <laughs> it's 
fucking movie. <laughs> it goes so hardcore. It is so sincere. It is so unironic the entire time. It is just so dark. He's like, here's the sack with some food. And the kid's like, that's the, the kid, the man, the adult man is like, that's half of all the food you took. And he's like, uh, it was a giant bloodbath and it's all your fault. And I'm just like, how... What part of this is it? Like you, you signed up for this. You wanted to, like, you wanted to steal money yeah. from. Steal you food became from these people. a raider. Yeah. What part of um, people might try to defend themselves blew your fucking mind? But like, okay. So he's like, um, he's like, he gets his son and he, his son. He gets his share of the food and he's he's mad. And the gangsters like, well, I got shot at for having to steal from people, and that was a bummer too. So they're like having a big fight with each other. Um, Rich son is like he's on his computer and he's doing the math. He's like, okay, we're we're definitely going to be dead in a month. And I'm like, but your dad told you that like when he was still alive, like four yeah, hours ago. He was ago. like, run the numbers. Why are you running the numbers again? Like the movie starts with they're all going to die in a month. Then you have old rich dad who's like, we're all going to die in a month. And then you have rich son going beep boop boop, we're going to die in a month. And I'm like, I got Holy the month. Shit. I got the timeline. <laughs> it's only been three I days. I get it. <laughs> I fucking get it. Like, stop stabbing me. This I'm dead already. Like, yeah. stop it. So um, so he gets in a fight with the gangster. The gangster's like a bitch about it. He's like, that's as much food as you get. If you want more food, you should put your own neck out. Fuck you. Bye. So then um, in comes the world's biggest farmer. And he's like, did you write this map? And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, maybe. Uh. And then farmer dad beats the shit out of him. And throws him across the longest room like he's picked up a ragdoll and is just, like, yeeting him across, like, two desks and into a wall. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, is he dead now? Cause, like, and he's like, I wouldn't have had to do that if your son hadn't killed my dad. Yeah. Yeah, he brings up, he's like, you're, he's like, Gare was kind of a bitch and stole the food back from us. And he's like, what and Farmer what Franklin's about? like, oh, I'm. Which I thought that I'm was going to be brought sorry. up again later. Like, I thought it was going to be, okay, dad knows that Gare... Gare being with the Wilcoxes and stopping Rich Dad and Rich Grandpa from leaving town was the instigating incident, was the inciting incident that led to the church murder scene and led to mom dying. I thought that was going to come back and be addressed. Negative, Fucking nope. He's just like, uh-huh, my son's a dickhead. Well, I knew that. All right, cool. Like, check that off the list. Like, it doesn't – none of these things that should have an emotional impact have any impact, and it almost feels like – Everything is so terrible that these characters are just permanently shell-shocked. So no new piece of bad information is enough to to affect them or move them in any right. way. It's just miserable, and now it's more miserable, and it's just going to keep getting more miserable. Okay, that's life. And I'm like, well, I get that philosophy, but as a movie, it's hard to Well, watch. in a month, it won't be life, so that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I only have to be miserable for 29 more days because then the world's going to end. Yeah. Which is fucking cool. <laughs> Great. So. And then we get, you know, we really thought you'd bottomed out. Oh no! How about uh, adult son Ennis going back to murder his entire oh, my family? God. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, we're, mercy kill. I was like, we're done now with Ennis, right? We're done now with his family. Like they, they wanted food. They stole the food. They were given food. The food gets taken away. They steal some food. Dad beats them up. I was like, we're done now, right? Fucking nope. Because that nope. knife has to twist a little bit deeper. So, um, um, sorry. Rich son tells farmer. After they have, like, they're beating the shit out of each other. Sorry, not out of each other. After um, Ennis gets the shit kicked out of him by Farmer Dad and just lies there like a limp ragdoll, he's like, come look at my computer. Beep, boop, boop. We're all going to die in 30 days because we have to say it four times in this fucking movie. Yeah. And again, does not register, does not affect a giant farmer slow. He's just like, all right. More death, I guess. Cool. Like, he's he's like a fucking zombie at this point. Yeah. He's just like, okay, well, I've kicked the shit out of you. You've learned your lesson. Goodbye forever. So um, he 
Oh, he learns from Rich's son that the gangsters who are pissed off are going to go back to the Franklin farm to exact their revenge for, like, the one gangster stub on his toe, basically. Yeah. So he kicks the shit out of Ennis, and he's like, check that off my list. Um, oh, there's people going to come to my family farm. Let me try and call. And the guy's like, the phones are all dead. And I was like, fucking, of course, the phones are all dead. Like, well, they they turned off the long-distance phone lines. That was one of the plans at the very beginning. Yeah, I guess I didn't, in my head, I didn't realize that, like, from the Ennis um, office to the family farm would be far enough to be long distance in my head. But, like, yeah, but he made it sound like the phone didn't work at all for anything. But you're right, probably it was it was a long distance thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's not just that the government has to lie to everybody, it's that the government has to lie to everybody and also shut off all communication. And I was just yeah, like, Yeah, keep everyone from finding out. Cool, great. Just, it starts bleak and it gets bleaker. So um, Farmer Dad tries to call the farm and he's like, the phone doesn't work. So um, Farmer Dad has to drive back to the family farm. He drives back through the checkpoint and he doesn't even wait for them to lift up the gate. He just blows fucking through it. And again, <laughs> they don't try and stop him. They don't try and go after him. They're just like, well, uh. another mad farmer. Okay, like, get the next gate. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, even the movie is tired of its own bullshit at this point, I feel like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, um, uh, farmer, um, farmer Franklin goes back to his family farm. Um, there's a giant shootout, um, between, so the gangsters got there already and the gangsters are all shooting at the house and only Gare has a gun. <laughs> so it's just Gare going pew, 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 against an army of like 55 But he waits raiders. for the guy to come right up to the window. That was, that was the most messed up it's scene. The, like most brutal. He just, yeah. this guy's like looking and he gets closer and closer and finally he's like two feet from the window. So Gare sticks the shotgun out and shoots the guy in the fucking throat. throat. Yeah. 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 Gary, sorry. You're right. So yeah, Mike. they've got the um the gangsters are all outside the house. They're like waiting. They send one like junior gangster to like scope out the house cuz they're like we see that there's somebody inside. Maybe there's like movement, but what's going on? So, you know, Frankie got the short straw, go up to the house. So this guy goes up to the house and he's like looking around and like just like trying to peek around. And you see that there's one window that's just just cracked open just a little bit and Garrett sticks the the end of his shotgun out of that little tiny bit of window and he's like, "Wait for it." Wait for it, and the guy gets get, the guy gets up so close that I'm like, how does how does he not see Gare, and how does like how does he not see Gare like right there, like they are nose to nose basically, like through this yeah. very clear window, like through this little lacy curtain, and the guy gets all the way up to the window and he's like looking through, um, and his throat is lined up with the opening in the window, and Gare just goes blam and th- <laughs> like shoots him through the fucking Adam's apple and knocks him over, and you get like a like a fun close up on him with his like fake orange blood all over his throat, and I was just like, oh my fucking god! So then all the other gangsters are like, it's war now, bitches, and they're just like sh- shooting, they're like shooting up the entire house, while Gare and fucking chicken headed Bobby and shell shocked. Um, Kim Cattrall, who Susan, while they're, while they're all like in the house, Susan has not talked since her um, since her fian- her husband's death, which is like not made clear to me before this moment because she talks so little in the movie, anyways. That I was like, oh, this is supposed to be extra yeah. not talking. Okay, so um, it's just Gare playing like whack a mole, trying to murder all these guys who are trying to murder him. Um, some random guy like gets in the house, and then Kim Cattrall like summons up the courage from deep inside her soul to scream at the top of her fucking lungs and point like in a horror movie at this guy who's coming in the house which how did this guy even get in the fucking house do you know what I mean like it doesn't yeah I don't know I mean I guess Back there's more door. than one door yeah, yeah. and, and Gare is 20 and not good at locking doors I guess so um, Gare manages to blow that guy away um, and then Farmer comes in and like Farmer manages to help his son <laughs> this is so bleak Farmer comes in 
with the Wilcoxes because he needs like a backup army. And he's like, the Wilcox is like, why am I going to help you? Like you, you judge me for being a fucking war profiteer. And Farmer is like, Farmer Franklin is like, uh, they're coming to like take all our food. You don't think they're going to go next door and try and take all your food and like next door and take all their food. And so Wilcox is like, you're right. Solidarity. So the Wilcox gang, um, Farmer, nine foot tall and <laughs> young down and full of cub gear, um, are fighting against the gangsters. And then this whole thing becomes like a fucking like free for all seventies circus because all of a sudden they're they're <laughs> all farming equipment. Yeah, yeah. And... so like the gangsters I think are like trying to retreat is the sense that I get. They're like overwhelmed. Yeah. They're like we're gonna retreat. And farmer farmer nine foot tall and Wilcox is like the fuck you will. So they get in their trucks and farming equipment and they drive after them and they massacre them. They massacre them with their cars. They like flip over the truck at one point. We've got a truck with gangsters. On one side, there's one piece of farming equipment, like holding the side of the of this truck, and the other side, there's a farming equipment with a piece of farming equipment with like a what would you call it? like a big scoop? It's like a bulldozer. It's a bulldozer. Yeah. And the front of the bulldozer has these big spikes on it. it has these big like, um, I don't know, like for digging into the earth, I guess. Yeah. And they ram the spikes into the forehead of the front passenger <laughs> of this car, and I was like. This movie was bleak and now it's insane. What the fuck? <laughs> like, it's not just like, oh, we rolled over the car and they're dead or oh, we shot no. them and they're dead. No, we're going to crush you and pierce your brain open with farming equipment. Yeah, and yes. I was just like, why won't this end? So we've got, so that's how this, how the farmer family um, story ends with this giant murder spree. Um, and Gare at the end is like, oh, oh, is this over now? And the dad's like, it's not over. It'll never be over. We have to survive, son. That's how the movie ends. And I was just like, fuck. So um, we the ending of the story for the Ennis family is even worse somehow. <laughs> like, I don't. So, it is. So um, Ennis' dad takes his bloody sack full of, like, one loaf of bread. And, and like some ham. Some ham and some stuff and some eggs and stuff. And he goes back to his, his house and he's like, I'm going to cook dinner for the family. Um, and he's got his rich kind of kind of cunty wife, and then he's got um, his little tiny Tim daughter who's all crippled, and he's got um, an older son, yeah, an older son, and then I think the other kid is I don't remember if the other kid's also a daughter, but he's got like oldest son, and then little kid who's not sick, and then girl tiny Tim, and then mom, and they're all sitting around the table, and dad's like, I, I'm I'm the best cook ever, and you're gonna see this from like this great amazing meal that I have for you. He go, he goes in the kitchen. And he knows – he's, like, done the math, like, 17 times, so he knows that everyone's going to die in 30 days and they're all running out of food. He somehow has, like, poison in the kitchen. He crushes up these pills. He mixes it in the gravy. He pours the gravy over every fucking thing on this platter, and he brings it out to the family. Um, and mom – they have to grind it in just a little bit we more. We watch him fill up every single yeah, plate. Yeah. Slowly, in real time. He, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. No one fills up their own plate. He's just like, make sure to get lots of poison for you, little tiny Tim. Make sure to get poison for you, my my wife. And then before they're about to eat, the wife is like, let us give thanks. And she does this prayer where it's like not even just like like a, like a blessing before the meal. It's like fully a um, – like thank you, God, for this bounty and for this family – and like at least we have family Things above it all. Things are gonna get better. Things are gonna get better. And, and we're like, gonna get through this. And we're gonna survive. Yeah. And, and thank I'm you so for glad we have yeah. each other. And my thank you, like thank you for uh, bringing my like good strong husband to be able to like get through all this adversity to find us food at the last minute. And I was just like, Are you m- fucking kidding me? And, like I can't take <laughs> any more of this. Twisting the knife. And you see the entire family eat the dinner. And Dad is like weeping through the whole fucking dinner. He doesn't tell wife even. Like none of them know. 
that he has poisoned all of them yeah. so that they will all die that they will all die before the end of the world. So you that's where you leave the rich family. Yep. Then you get to the poor family, the farmer family like murder circus and then it's just are we going to be able to survive? Well, then, we have to, son. Just yeah. Yeah, just just the insane laser music. I literally was like was like this is where it ends. This yeah. is, it's just fucking, we don't even get to the, I don't know why I thought we'd get to the end of the 30 days for Everybody some reason. Everybody dies. It's just, yeah, it's, they didn't die today, but we only have like 29 and a half more days because the yeah. time frame of this movie is really confusing Although to me. Although they could probably eat that dad for like months. <laughs> so <laughs> the, big. the nine foot tall, eight foot wide dad. Yeah. yeah. The giant Charles Bronson dad. Yeah. You're right. I feel like, I feel like if this movie had lasted 10 more minutes, it would have been like, well, We've mined all the sadness we can mine from this. What about cannibalism? Like that is, you're 100% right. Like that is. That was the next logical step. Yeah. Soylent green. Yeah. It, it literally, it, I feel like it walked right up to the edge of of one of those like sci-fi apocalyptic movies. Yeah. Where it would have been like, yeah, Soylent green or like just regular like cannibal murder and like yeah. everyone has dead bodies in their in their trunks or whatever. Like it walks right up to that in terms of, um, like it, it felt very realistic and because it felt so realistic and because it we didn't have any of those like more horror movie typical elements or more like fantastical elements it was so fucking miserable like the planet of the apes is dark but you're at least like i'm one step removed from this darkness because they're they're all wearing monkey masks yeah <laughs> like there's like something or um the second one where there's like mutants and they're worshiping a bomb and they're underground and shit like you're one you're like one step removed it's a little too um it's this is too close. Too strange to be that unsettling. But yeah. this is like, oh, I could see this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels, it's so realistic, even, I mean, minus the whole, like, let's murder people with farm equipment scene. But, like, up until that point, it's so grounded in a version of reality that feels like this could happen. This could happen, like, very soon. This could happen today. That you get no, and you get no respite from it in terms of, like, there's that um, lack of real like distance from the reality, and yeah. you get no respite in terms of the story. Like even the wedding scene, which like they could have given us, they could have given us the wedding and then the massacre. Yeah, and no, you no. would have you would have had a little bit of a breather. You would have had a little bit of a break. But no, it's just relentless. It's just relentless, and people like just attacking each other physically and and starving to death, and like the sick children, and like it never, you never get a chance to just pause. It's just like. It, it is – the whole movie feels like you're grinding glass into your eyeballs. Um, Except for care. <laughs> but, yeah, that being – his angry, angry, angry character. Until I mean, the end where he's like, I'm sorry, Pop. I'm going to fix it all. I'll shoot the bad guys this time and not the good guys. <laughs> and not Mommy. Not Mommy. <laughs> it – I, like I said, young, dumb, and full of cum. So I, I will say that, like – it's both a good thing and a bad thing um, that the acting in this movie I thought was generally pretty good because, again, if it had been, like, goofy, one step removed, like, silly, like, I know this is a silly movie acting, it would have given you as the audience that little bit of distance to have, like, the breather room. But instead it was like, no, like, these characters, this feels this feels like how, how people act generally. Like, this feel, like, they feel like real – I don't care about them because the movie doesn't care about them, but, like, it feels like these are real people. Yeah. Um, and I kind of – I understand the world that they live in and I understand, like, who they are and what their motivations are. Um, 
I, I did think the acting was was good, even though I was like screaming at the screen because I hated every single fucking character. But like, um, like like I said earlier, like I thought the garrison where his wife, where his mother died, um, yeah. was was pretty good. I thought like him being pissed off, like twenty year old. I was like, I I believe you in the way you act. Like I, I I believe it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think I like it as like a document of his career and seeing where he started and seeing like. Um, you know, the seed from which the flower blooms, I guess. Like I yeah. like see like I was like, okay, like like you like you did a good job and it's not it's not a B movie. It's just uh so like in terms of like quality of performance and stuff, like I, I would recommend it on that. But in terms of like watchability, it is it's just hard. It's just it's really, hard really painful. Yeah. And like it's also hard in terms of um we are fifty years out from this movie, give or take, and Climate change is still a big issue and um, people denying what's in front of their face is a big issue. And the idea of like there being a problem and the government like just like lying about it or like trying to obfuscate like that feels like feels on point. It feels on point. Like it's still yeah. it feels like it feels like the movie was like I'm showing you terrible things so that you will change. And we're 50 years later and I'm like, is the world any different other than like fashion <laughs> than like than what's on screen here? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that we're that we're different and changed now, and that so it makes it even bleaker if that's at all possible because time has passed and yet the like this movie still feels very timely. Yeah. So the only thing they thought it was going to be global cooling, but it's not. It's the other way. That's true. Yeah. yeah. The movie is like a post-apocalyptic winter, and it's, you're right. It's supposed to be like summer, and they're all walking around wearing their like giant '70s parkas. Yeah, it snows. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like recommendation. I mean, if you hate yourself, like, or you just want to see Gare with, like, young floppy 70s yeah, hair. Yeah, do what I did the first time I watched through this. Just fast forward to every scene where Gare's in it because it's like, oh, look how little. Yeah, it'll be a 15-minute movie. And it's fine. Um, you won't feel so sad. You will get to see, like, some some sweet corduroy jeans, which are mm-hmm. nice, um, and some long floppy 70s bottoms. hair. Yeah. yeah some, he gets to be angry. Some sexy fashion. Um, so in terms of like slap fight, what it is, the fighting was really was really good. I don't know if I don't know if like realistic actors should be physically kicking the shit out of each other for like a fight scene. But like in terms of did I believe that they were fighting? Yes, because they were actually fighting. Yes. Like that was like that. You're not going to convince me that that was like scripted in any way. I think it was just Gare. See that guy? Guy, see that Gare? Beat the shit out of each other. Go. Guy, see that Gare? <laughs> Go. <laughs> so like in terms of like what I would rate this movie. I don't know. I for for the like cute young hot uh gear and the corduroy jeans and the physical fight and like the the dramatic acting at mom's death. Um I guess I would give it two smooches out of 10 cuz like they're those scenes were were good and I thought he did good, did good acting, a good acting job. Um and it was, you know, cute to watch, but like the rest of the movie it is just like grinding glass into an open wound. Like it is it is a a hard thing to ask somebody to sit down and watch because it just mm-hmm. never gets any better. So I guess two two out of ten just for the floppy 70s hair and the tight, tight, tight corduroy pants. I'm going to go zero raised eyebrows <laughs> out of five. That's probably a we fair rating. We just didn't get any of our – we just didn't get any of our characteristics. <laughs> the characteristics. There was no macking. He wasn't um, in on any kind of a joke. I will say that um, he does drive a mint green car. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. So there is there is a little hint of the forever night to come. But yeah, yeah in terms of – yeah, I don't think he even gets an eyebrow uh, – bemused eyebrow raise because no. there's nothing to be bemused about no, in this movie. he's just angry. He's yeah. just mad and angry. He doesn't get any kind of like a I get to cut up and have fun. Yeah. There's no Shakespeare. No. Nope. There's no making out. No. Nope. There's no eyebrow. No. Nope. 
Um, he doesn't die even, which is a thing that he does a lot on TV mm-hmm. shows. Um, he gets to act dumb. Like, he gets to act like an idiot character, but that's about it. But like a young idiot. Like, I'm yeah. acting impulsively without thinking through my actions. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't think he was like... I'm trying to do the right thing, but by doing the maybe the wrong thing. Yeah. But also, what's the right thing in this situation? Because he's trying to protect his family. Yeah, his motivations, I feel like, are understandable. Um, it's just that, like... He's just not what he's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. God, this is a bleak fucking movie. I don't. I but can't. But watch it for the it. mushroom haircut. <laughs> it is <laughs> just a little that, mushroom haircut. It is that long, flowing '70s locks. Like yeah. I just, I was and like, the, like baby, baby gear. He's like <laughs> twenty. Watch it to see the thing that will be. Yes. Yeah. The start. It's good to start yeah. at the start. But don't don't force yourself to get all the way through it. We no. we did it, but we're professionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason we yeah. survived. <laughs> that and screaming, you're such a little bitch at the screen every five minutes. I did. I did. I really feel like you could make a drinking game for every time someone – every time Bobby comes on screen and you were like, fucking Bobby. <laughs> you, really you could make this a drinking game, but it might kill you. Yeah, it, <laughs> it might. might. poison your blood. Maybe. Um. So on that note. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye.